Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unofficial Controller Podcast. This is your host, Bobby, from the American office. It's been, a, uh, it's been quite some time since I have uh, recorded for the show. Um, and there's com- some mystery behind it. There is, you know, where am I? What am I doing? Why aren't you on the show? So let's uh, let's talk about it, right? Let's just jump into my absence. Uh, first of all, I love the show. I do anything for the show. Um, I love George. I love Tom. I love Sep. The issue is that I had for the last two years have been dealing with um, iron deficiency anemia. Never had it before. Never had it growing up. All of a sudden, boom, there it is. Um, I've been feeling almost to the point of like exhaustion. My hemoglobin uh, is low. My iron levels are low. So went to the doctor. They told me you don't know what it is. You know, I had to do a bunch of you know cancer tests. You know, which is scary, but whatever. It is what it is. You gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, did all that. No cancer. Good. Great. Excellent. At least it's not that. You know, now it could be something else. We don't know. So I go to a hematologist. They do this. I had to get uh, iron injections every four months to keep it up. Um, so the time, so obviously I'm in America, the show is in England, time difference is pretty, what is it, five hours, something like that, um, at least from where I'm at, New York. So, you know, getting up was difficult. I felt really bad at a couple solo shows when I, when I could, um, you know, uh, so that the time frame is difficult because I'm so tired. I want to get up, but I can't get up. Same thing for work. I've been coming to work a little later because I'm trying to get up when I used to get up. And by it's not used to it. But when I do get the um, iron injections, I feel great. Then I feel down. Then I feel great. Then I feel down. Um, so this has been affecting me for about two years now. Um, finally, finally, my hematologist was like, listen, we can't keep giving you iron injections at 40 years old. So we're going we're gonna, to we're, we're gonna figure this out. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And he, he really did. Okay, so excellent doctor. He said, we're going to do a CAT scan. Maybe you have a tumor. Maybe you have something else. We don't know. Let's do a whole body CAT scan. No problem. Boom. CAT scan. Two weeks later, boom. There is a tennis ball-sized hernia in my uh, chest. So it is called a tidal hernia, I believe it's pronounced. Um, Basically, he told me that probably during COVID, before COVID, you know, I have a job, you know, Um, I'm a chief engineer of a hotel in Manhattan. So I was working and then COVID happened and I wasn't working. And then when COVID was, you know, when not over, but when COVID restrictions were lifted and people were getting, you know, not so scared of it and people were not, you know, dying and all the other crazy stuff involved with the COVID pandemic. I got, a, you know, I got a job back and he believes that me being physical my whole life and then basically uh, what a year and a half of not working 
He believed that my diaphragm got weak. I developed a hernia. Um, and then the hernia became a hiatal hernia, which the, basically the hernia went into my diaphragm, which is causing major pinching, uh, which ironically is causing my hernia to bleed, which is where we're having the blood loss and ultimately the iron deficiency. So, great. How do we fix this? Surgery. Oh, God. Surgery is wild, right? I said, okay, well, you know what? We figured it out. What's the steps? Here are the steps. You got to get another endoscopy. I'm like, oh, my God. I must have had about 60 bad boys. Okay. With another doctor, another unit, he said, that we said, this is a, a specialist I recommend. It's within your insurance. I said, no problem. Let's go. Boom. Listen, endos- endoscopies, professional. No problem. Went over there, knocked it out. You know, basically you fall asleep. So what does it really matter? You know, they put you under the knife. They put you under, uh, not under the knife. They put you under anesthesia. And the comes in and out. You wake up. You know, first of all, when you go under anesthesia, you don't know what's going on, right? Because I'll tell you what, me personally, <laughs> when I go under anesthesia, I have some wild dreams. I don't know if it's all the video games I'm playing or my imagination or the wild movies I watch, but I feel like I'm in another world. And all of a sudden, you just wake up. It's probably the best 20-minute, 25-minute nap you're ever going to have in your life. Um, because no matter what is going on, you are falling asleep. Yep. You are definitely falling asleep. It's always scary going under the, under uh, anesthesia because sometimes, you know, it's horrible thing that happens, but sometimes, you know, you don't wake up from anesthesia. It's, it's quite uh, rare, but I mean, it happens. So, you know, every time you have to do a surgery or on the, go on under anesthesia, you know, it's always nerve wracking, you know, like I said, I'm professional. My sixth one, probably six, six, my sixth one, uh, so, no big deal. All right. She gets some more camera work. They do, like, they took something else. They do a small little x-ray. All right. Um, They're like, yeah, it's really bad. You have to go see another doctor. Now, I can't really pronounce the actual test, uh, what I had to do next. But I'm trying to Google it um, right now, live, because, you know, I'm never ready. And that's how, that's how we do it. Hold on. It is, I'm just going to Google hiatal hernia uh, pre-surgery. Here we go. Oh, boy. Hiatal hernia pre-surgery test. That's what I will. Here we go. Hiatal surgery. Okay, it is called a barnium swallow. That's what it said, and this is exactly what I got. Now, let me explain something to you, okay? Do you know in the movies, sometimes the good guy gets captured, they tie him to a chair, and they proceed to, you know, whoop 
his whoop him, beat him up, smack him around, drop kick him, you know, take his fingernails out, take his teeth out. No, they're interrogating him. You know, this is the good guy of the movie. Somehow he's super tough. I'm not telling you anything. He gets shocked with electricity. You know, they smack him around. They pull his fingernails off. You know, you've seen all the action movies, right? Then all of a sudden he gets angry. He breaks out. He kicks everyone's ass. I want to tell you something. If I was ever in a chair and I had to do this particular test again, I will tell you my whole life. I will tell you every secret. I will tell you everything about everyone I have known. Because if you think I am ever doing this test again, you are not on this planet. This was the most painful, and I wouldn't even say painful because it, it didn't really hurt me. It was just the most uncomfortable feeling I have ever felt in 40 years on this planet. Okay, I would rather fall asleep at 4 p.m. from low iron than do this again. I'm going to explain to you what a barnium swallow is. Okay. You are not under anesthesia. You have to do this test awake. So what they do is they give you some some medicine that makes you one of your nostrils go numb. And guess what? You know what? Listen, guy, you pick the nostril. You you pick it. Whatever you feel is best for you, you do you. Boo. So I picked my right nostril because I'm right-handed. I figured it was stronger. I don't know. Either way, I'm not sure about the size of your pinky because everyone's pinkies are different, but I want to give you a rough estimate, okay? Do you know why your nose is as big as it, as it is and your your first finger fits directly in your, no, in your nostril with no problem? Because that's how it's supposed to happen, right? You know, your fingers pick, yeah? So your nostril cannot be bigger than your finger. But just to get you the size of this device that has sensors and cameras in it, okay? this device is about, you know, to me, it looked about looked about three, three feet. And it's as, as thick as your pinky finger, at least to me. My pinky is different than your pinky, but rough average. And give you medicine. You sniff it up, you swallow it, you sniff it, you swallow, you sniff it. You, all of a sudden, you can't feel the back of your throat because you're numb, right? They don't give you like a couple seconds to understand that that's numb. They just tell you, all right, sit up straight, look down, look ahead. No, look down, but look forward. And they begin to stick this three-foot wire into your nose that is now numb. Now, did I feel this thing going in my nose? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. While I was going in, and it was sort of going past, you know, down to my throat. Oh, yeah, man. I felt it. And let me tell you something. It was gag city. Because this thing is going down your throat. Okay? It's going down your throat. Um, They gave you some water. She's like, sniff and swallow, baby. And I was sniffing and swallowing. And this thing was still going down and down 
and down and down and down and down and down and down and down. And it, it, to me, it didn't end. It, it didn't end until she stopped it. Mm. Uh, now this thing is like mm, in my stomach. And I feel it in the back of my throat. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Took some water there. All right. <clears throat> Then prior to the um, numbness medicine in your nose, they give you another black dye you sniff up there. So you're sniffing this black dye, goes down your body. Now basically the contrast, right? So you have this camera device in your whole stomach, down your throat, everything. And the test is basically to see how affected the how much you're affected by the hernia's pinch and how much food you can digest and so forth okay now the reason why it's bleeding is because my food cannot directly pass through my stomach because it's pinched up it's being held back and the acid is coming up now the only thing that i don't have from this thing is heartburn which is a miracle, apparently, because um, everyone is telling me the heartburn, the heartburn, the heartburn. I don't have heartburn, man. Okay, I have dopey from sleepy from the six from the, from the Snow White syndrome. Yeah, I, I'm taking naps. I'm taking naps everywhere. That that's what I got. I'm nappy boy. Okay, I'm I, I'm handsome Robin seven in PSN. Well, I'm nappy Robin real life because I'm I'm t- if I listen, if there's an opportunity for a nap. I'm taking it. Yeah, so. She said, wow, you don't have heartburn? I said, nope, I just feel sleepy. Well, they don't want Robert, that's great. Now, basically, this thing's in your nose. I'm going to give you some salt water. You have to just swallow the salt water we provide you one time. And then you cannot swallow for 30 seconds. Now, normally, I mean, how often do you swallow? I have no idea. I, I don't know. I don't think about it. I think, is it a reaction thing? Maybe. I know when you drink and eat, you swallow, obviously. Hello. But I'm not at 30, 30 seconds. No problem. She said, don't talk during the test. Don't win during the test. We'll explain to you as you go. She said, the test will take as long as you want. So that means it's not on the doctor. It's not on the nurse that's in the room. It's on me and my ability not to swallow and only swallow when they want. Now you're numb, right? Remember, your whole nostril and throat area is kind of numb. So you don't know when you're swallowing. I mean, you can kind of feel it, but you don't know enough when. Now, salt water in a cup is disgusting. Uh, but this is what they're shoving down my throat every, I don't know, 
two minutes. She said, so you don't swallow, you stick your tongue out, and you bite it. You know, not hard, bite it. And apparently that is, helps you not swallow. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, um, but I guess it did work. But also, I guess it, it didn't work. So, first sip of salt water, I swallow, and I swallow immediately right after. Oh, Robert, you know, you have to, you know, swallow one time. All right. <clears throat> Let's do it again. And I swallow twice. I swallow immediately after swallow again. She's like, Robert, listen, take it easy. Don't be nervous. Take your time. Just do a little swallow. One time. I could see it. Basically, they're recording the swallow. And if there's two swallows, they don't get the right reading. So now I'm like, okay, how am I going to not swallow twice? And how am I going to pass this test? Well, you know what? I thought of it as a video game. And I thought of it as if I, when I finish this freaking test, I'm going to get a platinum. And now I'm focused, boy. Okay? So, here we go again. Boom, salt water. Swallow, holding his tongue. 30 seconds when you're having fun is probably the, it's like, it's lightning fast. 30 seconds when you're in a test and you're uncomfortable is probably a lifetime of waiting. Yeah. She said, okay, excellent. Do it again. Record. Don't swallow. Boom. Record. Don't swallow. We're doing great. She's like, you're doing great. She's doing great. I had to do sign language because every time she said, you're doing great, don't swallow. I swallowed. So I told her in sign language, like, you know, please cross my little fingers. Don't say swallow. The nurse figured it out, told the doctor. Doctor said, no problem. I won't tell you that. Excellent. We're going with the flow. Okay. She's like, okay, great. We're about halfway done with the procedure. I'm like, wow, didn't take that long at all. We want you to lie down now. So they they take the little, you know, the doctor's office seat with the paper plastic thing all around it. And they, you know, that's what I'm sitting on. And then they lay you down. And I don't know about you, um, but I personally have never drank laying down because you probably choke. Yeah, they don't care here. Okay. This was like basically waterboarding to me. Um, again, I will tell you my whole life story. You don't even have to drop the, the water on me. Just I just don't want to lay down with you people interrogating me. Yeah. Okay, great. Here we are laying down. Now she said. We're going to do five consecutive water drops in your mouth. And you have to swallow five consecutive times. And only five consecutive times. I'm like, let's do this. So she spits this thing in there. And again, I don't know what it is because my eyes were closed. Because I'm gagging. And I'm crying. And now... My eyes have been sealed by my tears. And I don't want to open my eyes. I don't want to see what's happening. I don't want to see these people. Okay? I just want to get the hell out of this doctor's office. So, we, she shoots five things in my mouth. I swallow these salt water five times. And then I swallow a sixth time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Here we go again. 
Robert, you know, I said, listen, I gave it a thumbs up. I gave it a little, I don't know how you guys do okay in your country, but I do okay with my thumb, and my first finger, and I raise up three other fingers right at the person. Boom. Okay. Copy that. Over and out. Okay. We do it again. Five times. Hold my tongue. Excellent. You're doing great. Keep holding. Almost done. I knew in my mind this has been past 30 seconds. Because I'm kind of getting the hang of this test, right? You have to hold your swallow for a minute without swallowing again. This was tough. This was difficult. And you're laying down. So now you're uncomfortable. And every now and then you look at a little gag effect. Gag effect. <laughs> right? Oh, sorry about that. My bad. Oh, sorry again. All right. We do this about another six times. Okay. Great. Sit me up again. Now they want to give you a saltine cracker. Again, I don't know how you people chew, but normally when I'm eating and I'm chewing, I'm swallowing. I don't just hold all the food in my mouth and swallow one big gulp because I don't think anyone does that. I think as you chew, whatever food is chewed enough in your brain's mind, you just swallow the food and keep on eating. No, not this test. So for 40 years of your life, learning how to chew, you have to now not chew like that and do the test. So she gives me the first salting cracker. I chew this bad boy and I swallow like multiple times. She goes, no, 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 you get used to it. Sure. Okay. Cracker number two. I chew it. I do the best I can. I swallow what I think is the whole thing. There's still some in my mouth. She goes, Robert, I can see the cracker. It's not swallowed. Take some water. You know, they gave me some fresh water and I really was drinking this because I was really thirsty and I was the salt water was absolutely killing me. Again, eyes are closed. Eyes are probably shut closed from tears. Okay. The the salt water they were giving me definitely crystallized on my eyelids. All right. So <clears throat> I third cracker, I chew it. I discover, I make the ball, I swallow it once, I had to hold my tongue. Again, 30 seconds. After all that, test is over. I'm like, excellent. She sits up. She's like, okay, we're going to pull this device out of you. You might gag, you might puke, it happens. Don't be embarrassed. I said, no problem. I gagged, like, I don't know what you would call it, but I gagged uncontrollably. Um, the whole thing came out my nose. I mean, the whole thing came out my nose. Um, again, I probably gagged more when I smelled the tube because it's in your stomach, and that that, that took me out. That that took me to a gagging uh frenzy that um you know probably made the nurses laugh. Uh, whatever. I stopped that I controlled it. I didn't puke because I'm going to man up. Right? I'm going to man up. You know. Um, you know, probably all the people would take this test, no problem. You know, but I'm not that tough. Um, so now she's like, okay, great. The test is over. We'll conduct. We will do the recordings here. We'll look at them. Takes about eight to ten days. I said, perfect. I'm trying to hop off this little, you know, doctor's chair. Oh, no, Robert, we have to do one more test. I'm like, oh, bored. Oh, boy. 
The other test is you have to go home with a smaller, longer device in your nose for 26 hours. I'm sorry, what now? Yes, you have to put this in your nose with this device that we're going to strap around your neck. Well, like Darth Vader. And they put a longer skinnier tube up your nose. Not as uncomfortable as the other one. It's very tiny. Um, but whatever. She taped it to my face and in my cheek, behind my ear. She taped my neck twice. And this is some this is some hospital tape. So this tape is like not coming off because I try to pull it and I was scratching my neck because it's itchy. Yeah, this tape was like rock solid. I'm like, well, great. How am I getting this out of my face without, you know, crying? Uh, because, you know, I'm a man and we don't can't take pain. Okay. Um, and then she's explained to me, whenever you eat or drink, you push this button. And when you finish, you turn it off. Whenever you lay down, for any reason, you lay down, you push this button. When you get up, push it again. You understand the rules? No problem. Here's a paper in case you make a mistake. Estimate the time you ate. Basically, basically, what they want to do is they don't care about the dead time. They care about your eating and drinking time. And my doctor, my doctor told me flat out that she's been doing hydro hernia testing, the barnium swallow and everything for about 15 years. She said, I have the worst one ever. She said, your food takes forever to go down because the pinch is that bad. So, you know, you definitely need the surgery. Test I took takes about eight to nine weeks to get. I got it in two because I'm considered a level four risk because it's so dangerous that my iron levels are so low and they go up and down, which is also not good for you. So I take on this device. I have to sleep and everything. So I told my wife, listen, you go in the bedroom with the cats. I'll close the French doors, the dining room. I'll sleep alone. She said, if for any reason, if any of these things fall off the device, you gotta do the test again. And I'm like, huh, no, I'm not, because this is not coming off at all. I promise you. I was so careful. I was so careful because I did not want to do this again. Okay. I did everything in my power. If anyone came near me, the calf, my wife, I put my arm out like I was doing a Heisman stomp playing football, American football. Nope, not today. Fist in the face. I knew you stay away from me. So I get home. I'm hungry because I haven't eaten because I can't eat because the test, you know, you can't do, you can't eat when you do you go to the doctor. It's been about, I last ate the day before at 6 p.m. And it's now like 545, 6 o'clock because, you know, the test had to be done in the afternoon, uh, which is also annoying because I prefer in the morning. I wouldn't have been as hungry. I was starving, man. And I said, you know what I want to do? I don't even like Chinese food. I ordered some dirty Chinese food. Some New York dirty Chinese food. I ate that bad boy. And I hit the button. I did everything I had to do. I slept uncomfortably because I was so scared of turning and pulling this device that I kind of slept you know, a little half-assed. But I did sleep. Like, I was so tired. But I slept. Is it enough of uh, sleeping footage to have? I certainly hope so. Because um, it was difficult. It was difficult to sleep because you're so nervous to sleep, but you're so tired. But you're also aware. You know, it's a it's a wild thing. So then she said, you're going to hear a beep and the test is going to be over. And it's going to tell you test recording 
stopped. And on the bottom, it's going to say recording completed. Once you see that, you take this out by yourself. Just pretend you're blowing out a candle and pull it all the way out. All right. Guess what? I didn't gag once. I pulled this bad boy out. I mean, it was as long as my arm, man. All right. Um, but the smell again, yeah, the smell took me out. So I, I gagged. Uh, so it's normal if you gag and puke. It's normal. That's why I, that's why I recommend doing it in a tub. So I did it in the tub, but I did, you know, I didn't puke, but I gagged. I washed off the device, put it in a plastic bag, called it a day. I have to wait, you know, eight to 10 days for a result, which it has not been, it's been, it's been a week. I did it last Friday on the 10th. It's now, oh, it's, it's Sunday. Wow, it's the 19th. Okay, well, there goes time. Um, so hopefully by next week, I have some results. But the next week for um, in America, it's Thanksgiving. So I probably have to wait the week after. Whatever. I need to get the surgery. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. So basically, they have to cut the hernia out, wrap, wrap my esophagus track around some kind of intestinal track to keep it strong. They're going to put a mesh. Um, she said, you know, it takes a little bit of time, but you have to get this done because you're bleeding. It's, you know, it's causing all the issues, testosterone issues, um, metabolism issues, iron fishing issues, among other issues it's causing. Once you get this done, It'll be 100% back to normal, which is great. I'm so excited about this. Then she said, you will probably lose about 25 to 35 pounds. And I'm like, what? She said, yes, the recovery time for this is about two to three months. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a long time to be out. And I'll be on disability from work for about two to three months. She says it's also depending on how the surgery goes and how long it took and how, you know, how your body reacts to this stuff. She goes, however, you cannot eat solid food for about six weeks. It's going to be water and broth, soup broth, chicken broth, beef broth, whatever soup broth you want. There's a very strict diet I have to take for these three months. So basically, I'm going to lose 30 pounds which is what I wanted to do anyway. But I couldn't work out because I pass out. I'm tired. No iron. No energy. Uh, so I'm going to lose all this weight. So I'll probably have to have a whole new wardrobe, which is fine. But I'll be back in action. You know, am I nervous about the surgery? Yes and no, because it is what it is. Uh, you know, I can't worry about these things. I have to get it done. So I guess whenever they tell me the date is, I'm going to go. And I'm going to go and I'm going I'm to knock it out because, you know, it, it is what it is. But that's the story. That's what's been happening with me. 
Um, so, you know, it's been, it's been a long two years. I'm just happy that we figured it out. Now the last step is surgery and then back to normal. The good thing about this is I'll be out for two to three months at work. Yes. Will they probably still call me? Of course. Am I going to not answer the phone? No, I'll answer the phone. Not a problem. I'll assist when I can. Uh, you know, but I just have to be calm. I have to be, I have to be relaxed. She goes, you're going to be hungry. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have lots of different feelings and emotions and anger because you're hungry, but then your stomach will shrink. It won't be as bad. You have to slowly get yourself back into eating foods again, which be like the second step is like anything mashed or maybe shakes. Then it'll be like, you know, avocados, mashed potatoes, stuff like that. And then you can finally eat your regular food, you know, but I want to take this take the opportunity to keep the weight off and begin to work out again. And I'll be golden. You know, uh, also, the good thing is that it's two to three months off of work, which means two to three months of straight gaming. And I have a backlog that you wouldn't believe. As a matter of fact, I don't even know how many games are in the backlog because I just don't remember because I had had no time. I'll tell you why else I had no time. I mentioned it in Discord. I got promoted. In my company. So now I run two hotels as chief engineer, which is great. I love it. It's great. I love, I love doing this kind of, kind of stuff, you know. Uh, but that definitely took uh, time, you know, because two jobs, you got to work a little longer, you know, more responsibilities. So can you play every single day? Not really, no. But, you know, once you get the flow, you get some timing back, you get to go, you know, these things happen, right? So... That took some time away. What really took the time away is Diablo. Diablo 4. Now, I'm going to go to my PSN account because they tell you all the dates. And I'm going to tell you the first trophy. Okay. Diablo. Boom. That's not how you do it. That's a fail. That's a fail. How do you go back? Kill the app. All right. It's loading. Trophies. Oh, I got to click trophies, not the game. Okay, here we go. Diablo. Diablo 4. All right. Um, one of the first tro- trophies I got was, I believe... First of all, I don't know when the game was released, but obviously June, it looks like. One of the first trophies I got was on June 4th, and it was kill 50 enemies in melee range, melee range, whatever, and 50 enemies out of melee range as a rogue. That was my main character, and still is to this day. Um, it is now November 19th, and I do not have the Platinum. Okay. Me and my stepfather, Danny, uh, have been playing this game since June. This is the second season, because, you know, first was the regular game. Then they released um, Seasons. <laughs> Excuse me. As part of um, DLC. Not DLC, but, you know, season events. Like they do in all the Diablo, like Diablo 3. 
So season one, you know, the regular season, level 100. You do the Paragon board, your stats, your weapons, your... Basically, Diablo is just a gambling. It's a gambling game, right? It's a game of luck, game of gambling. You keep doing dungeons to get better weapons, and you hopefully that the weapon that you have is better, and you keep finding something better and better and better and better. You can change some of the affixes by going to the cult, the occultist. He can change something you don't like of the weapon, and you, again, randomize luck. It's money, not real money, in-game money and items. So you got to keep killing. And collecting, killing, collecting, getting money, selling items, breaking them down on the blacksmith to get the supplies and the items you need to do what you want to do. It's a grind, man. Grindy, grindy, grindy. First vanilla season. Couldn't get Lilith down a quarter of the way. She kept one-shotting us. I thought I was pretty strong. I fought Lilith. I died. Not as strong as I think. So we kept trying and trying and trying. Then we tried alone. We tried together. Boom, boom, boom. Now you're frustrated. You're like, what am I doing wrong? Because I basically beat every boss. Everybody can't beat Lilith. So they go to YouTube. And you have all these, you know, these YouTube creators. I beat Lilith at level 80 using these weapons. And you can too. I watched the video. The kid whooped her. Just like he said he did. I'm like, I have better stats than this kid. I have better weapons than this kid. What am I doing wrong? I'm watching the video. He gets directly hit from a bone floor spike that she throws, which is, to me, automatic one-shot kill. I try to avoid these things. I try to roll past them. I try to put on a dodge uh, elixir to help me dodge more, and I keep getting hit and dying. This kid is not He's getting hit by it. Okay. Next video. Another kid. Another rogue. Another video where he whooped Lilith. Level 100. He had special items. More believable. I'm not saying the kid was lying. I just felt like, what the hell's going on? He got hit. He got hurt. He healed. All right. Again, look at the stats. He filed the video. His paragon board is slightly different. I filed his exact paragon board to the T. In the exact order he did it in, still can't kill her. All right, whatever. Now we're doing the season one. You start over. You, you, for some reason, you can't bring your regular character into a seasonal. So you have to do from scratch. So he messed up all the one from scratch. I was a rogue again. He was the barbarian. We'll get to level 100. It's the. Um, you get the hearts. I forgot the name of the season. When you get the hearts, and the hearts have different abilities. So basically, you are much, much stronger than the original game because the hearts give you, you know, X, Y, and Z and abilities, depending on your character. So I'm souped up. I feel stronger. I'm killing things much faster. I have everything you could hope for. Watching the videos on the season. They're killing Lilith. I'm following YouTube videos. I'm following this. I'm following that. I found a guy on YouTube called Lucky Luciano, who was a rogue. I followed his exact steps. I go to Lilith. I get wiped. Dead, 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 dead. Can't do it. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Season two comes out now. It's the vampire season. Now you have new abilities to unlock. I pick rogue. My stepfather Danny picked barbarian. I get to level 100. I have better weapons. 
I feel much stronger than season one. I am not level 100. I'm level 88. My Paragon board's almost done. I have some weapons he has. I feel like this is the season to do it. I feel like I can do it. Um, I think I am going to do it because of how I have, and I'm doing much higher rated dungeons with only a level 88 character that I was not able to do at level 100 last season. So, feels good, feels nice. Hopefully this is the season to do it, because according to PlayStation, now I wrote this down because they don't tell you on the app. And if they do tell you on the app, I don't know how to get that information. But according to... Oh, they do tell you on the app. Oh. Oh, but oh, it only tells you recently played. Oh. Oh my god, it's right in my face. So, Diablo 4. I have put in 552 hours into this game. This is now definitely the longest game I've ever played in history of gaming. And I'm one trophy away from the platinum. And that is wild. Um, dedication is crazy. It's wild that I'm doing this, but I feel good about it. So I feel like I will get it. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to get it because this is just, just, just crazy, you know? Um, so hopefully I can knock it out, you know, before the end of the year. Um, but you know, there's always a game to play and sometimes you need to break from Diablo. So, you know, you go to cannon fodder games to get some trophies, which is just so stupid. This has been a very weird year for me, trophy wise, because I didn't really play much, man. So my game of the year is going to be, it's going to be weird, you know? So let me, let me scroll down to what I remember. All right, perfect. Here we go. The last game of 2022 was, um, Kalutho, if I pronounce that right, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Saves Christmas. Now, I thought it was cute to get a platinum on Christmas Day with a Christmas themed game. And this was it. And it was cute. I liked it. It was kind of a little cute RPG. No, nothing, nothing crazy. It's cannon fodder, basically. But it was cute. Then I started the year January. With a game I always wanted to play called 1980X. Old school game. It's basically every old school game you can imagine in one game. Call me some water. So basically, um, you know, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up. It was just Shinobi-inspired. Game is a racing part. There's another part where you're... I don't know, you're flying through the levels, something, something like that, right? So those are fine. I did all those. It's not a problem. The problem is going back to the levels that you didn't complete to do the optional, trophy-based, optional items. So you have to complete Shadow Dancer without taking damage. I tried that. Wow. Can't do it. Beat Bare Knuckle Beat. Beating heart without dying or using pickups. Um, very close to doing that. Couldn't do it. Kill them all, which is like a shoot 'em up. 
kill every enemy in and out of the void without losing a life. Oh, man. Good luck. Complete the runaway without a single collision. This is kind of like a driving game. <laughs> Similar to... um. Oh, man. I can't think of the game right now. But, you know, you, you, you keep driving like... Oh. oh, man. What's it called? Oh, my God. I just had it. Cruising you, cruising, bruising USA, something like that. The game with the red Corvette and the Sega. You're driving down, you're driving. It's similar to that. Can't do that either. And then back to Shadow Play, the original, the, the game, the first trophy, collect all power ups. Now, you don't have to do all power ups and not don't get hit in, in one game. You could do it, you know, twice. One trophy, boom, that trophy, boom. My problem is this. My problem is. You can't skip anything. So when you die, you have to watch the story. So that adds more time and you skip. You can't skip. So you're, you're watching the same story over and over and over again. And then I'm like, you know what? I am just not going to be able to do this. I put the effort in. Couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Right. So I quit. And I said, I'll move on to some other kind of final games I had. I bought on the sale, you know, Royal Revenge, PS4, PS5, done, simple, one, two, three. The Callisto Protocol. Uh, if you heard the podcast well, a long time ago, beginning of the year, I tried this game. I hated this game. I gave it a chance. I really did. I didn't look at the reviews. I don't care about the reviews. I care about what I want to play. And I review based on my experiences. If you want to buy it, buy it. I, I didn't like it. So I stopped playing it. 16% trophy-wise, I'm stuck. Then I played Sifu, which I thought was a million, brilliant. I, I really loved it. I didn't do the other add-ons, the DLC, but I loved the original game. I thought it was really well done. Probably contender for game of the year for me, because that's what I played in 2023, right? Then I thought it was cute while I was playing Hogwarts on April 1st. I got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 Platinums by the jumping games. You know, jumping coffee, jumping falafel, jumping kebab, XYZ. As a, as an April Fool's joke, April Fool's is in America April 1st. I don't know if you guys do the April Fool's, but I thought it was funny. Because Hogwarts was my, I believe, 300th Platinum. Something like that. Then I played Devious Dungeon and 1 and 2, Cannon Fodder. Space Roguelike Adventure, not Cannon Fodder. Very well done. Super super cool, old school, like SNES, Sega Genesis era RPG. Beholger, another cool game. Um, again... SNES, Sega Genesis inspired, looking graphics, thought it was great. Leave, uh, League of Eagle, love League of Eagle, League of Evil, kind of cat and fodder, a little bit challenging. Didn't expect to be, didn't expect to be held up by it, but it, it did its job. It was, I enjoyed it. You know, Birthday at Midnight, cat and fodder. Uh, we were here forever. Another is the fourth game in the We Were Here series franchise. Me and my boy Marlon beat all of them. Uh, the first two games, excellent. The puzzles were great. Communication, we got through it. The third game added some nonsense to it. Didn't feel 
like you could figure it out. Like I had to go to the YouTube and I'm like, how am I supposed to know based on your clues to do this? And how are you supposed to know based on my clues? You have to do this. Didn't make any sense. It felt very forced. It felt, I, I thought it sucked. I, I mean, we got the platinum, but I'm like, this is the worst game. And then we saw we were here forever. It was on sale. Let's do it. Now we're stuck. And I'm probably not going to get the platinum because there is a timed event where within a certain time, you have to mix a certain amount of concoctions um, that are provided to you on your side of the map. So we're in the same room, but we're separated by a machine that we have to pass the items through a river that goes on his side and my side and it flows like a circle. It flows, right? So I have to do what I have to do on my side to create for him. He has to do what he has to do on his side to create for me. We have to share those items, put them in the machine, hit enter, and do this about three times. You have about a minute and a half. We tried. I wanted to break my controller. But I just can't do it. And then again, you go to YouTube. It's quite a simple solution. You do this, 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 and this. Oh, really? Well, I did that, and I can't do it. So take your question and solution. Turn that some bit sideways. Mm, candy ass. Couldn't do it. So that's, that was kind of aggravating. So I went to Grey Lancer, another cat and fodder game. <clears throat> and I said some Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Not as good as the original. Nowhere near the end of the game. I'm probably, I'm probably halfway through. Um, but then you know what happened? Diablo was released. And that game got put on the back burner. And now while I'm playing Diablo, I'm like, you know, I need a little break. So I play Cars of the Dead. Thought it was unique. Brig Drunk Satanic Massacre was cannon fodder. And it sucked. And I wish I didn't play it. But I did. Medieval Resurrection, I'm about halfway through. I was going back and forth. If my stepfather wasn't on, I played that. If he wasn't, I played Diablo. Diablo took over my life. Okay. I feel like I've all I played was those games. I'm I'm still playing Diablo. Okay. Then on Halloween, I'm always right, be cool to get some Halloween themed trophies. So again, the jumping, the jumping franchise. I did some pumpkin Halloween edition and Bones of Halloween PS4, PS5. Simple, cute games. All popped popped on Halloween. That was pretty cool. I also have some other games based uh, holiday based game that I want to get the platinum for on the holiday. Because why not? Uh, Circus Pocus, another cannon fodder game. So was Black Death. Uh, Lords of the Fallen came out. And now I'm playing that, my stepfather. We're going back and forth. You know, some Diablo, some Lords. Lords of the Fallen, I think, is phenomenal. I, I really like it. Yeah, there's some issues. There's some glitches. You know, it's it's not a it's not a a, a grade AAA, whatever you want to call it, release. It's it's not like from software game. It's it's a Souls like game. Um, it takes. It's not really a. It's I mean, it's a sequel to the original game, Lord of the Fallen, and basically they use the ending of the bad ending from the original game to to to. To do this story. So it's very similar to Dark Souls. You know you have your weapons. You have your stats. Uh, the story is told through item pickup. And item discovery. Boss battles. 
Um, the cool thing is that you have the regular world called the Axioms and the Umbral world, which you go into with your lantern. In the Umbral world, there are secrets you can't see, there are pathways you can't go while you do all this other stuff um, in the game. It's two players, so you can co-op. You don't need to do special call like you're doing from software games. I just go to a vestige or a seedling you put in the middle of the game so you don't lose your place. And you pick your friend, you invite him, boom, he's in. I mean, easy peasy, right? So we're playing this game together. We're on our second playthrough of the game. We missed a couple of play of uh, side quests, but we're doing it now. So, you know, I probably get the platinum to this before I get the platinum to Diablo 4. People are saying Lord of the Fallen is it's not good. Listen, is it like, like I said, is it crisp? Is it 100%? Are you, if, are, are you expecting a, a, a an exact clone of Demon Souls and Dark Souls, like the remake on PS5? I mean, you're not gonna get that. It's so it's not it, right? But it's good enough. I mean, I, I would recommend it if you're a Souls like you like you like the Souls games. I recommend it, man. If, especially if you got a buddy. It's it's really fun with a buddy. Um, there's even a way you don't get invaded. You can buy them. They're called. Um, something mirrors, I think golden mirrors, something like that. Um, basically, you use one, and during your playthrough, I, I I'm not sure if it's the length of the game time you're playing or until you die. But if you use the item, you cannot get invaded. So if you don't want to get invaded, but still want to play with your friend, there's there's an option. Because sometimes it got to the point in Elden Ring where I was like, I'm turning the game off. I'm getting invaded every six steps. Um, and it's annoying, but whatever, you know, I thought this game is cool. I thought the, the, the design of the levels are cool. How the story is told is pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's up there game of the year. I mean, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, you know, and in, in the meantime, a lot of great games was, have been released, you know, Spider-Man two is, it's up there. Um, I have it, haven't even opened it. You know, it's in it's in plastic, and I'm sure that Elliot would appreciate that. But then he would not appreciate the next sentence. I'm gonna open it. I'm gonna play it. You know, um, I have so many games wrapped in plastic. By the way, I have games from 2022 Christmas still wrapped in plastic. I haven't even looked at them. So, you know, like I said, the not eating and the only drinking liquids and losing the weight. You know, what's my energy levels going to be like? Am I going to be tired or what? Or am I going to have my testosterone back, my energy levels back, but I'm just going to be hungry? You know, normally when I game, I kind of fast. I don't even like, I don't even want, I don't even drink water. I just play the game. Um, But I'm probably going to drink lots of water, lots of fluid, but like, I'm just going to play. And I have so many things to play that I hopefully within the time of my recovery, I can knock some games out. And then I figured, well, if I'm home all the time, I might as well do a weekly podcast for the Unofficial Controller podcast, not my own, for the podcast, and, you know, update my thoughts, my feelings, the games I'm playing, maybe keep it short, keep it an hour, keep it half hour, whatever I feel that day, you know, whatever. And I thought that'd be pretty cool. An extra an extra thing to, to listen to for the week is fine, you know? So that's where I've been at with the gaming-wise. Uh, and then. 
you know, I was doing the Instagram, which I always do. I'm, I I go in alphabetical order, and I chronicle all of the games I've played, which is why my Instagram is, you know, the chronicles of a gamer, all underscores. Um, so before Halloween, my last post was about Diablo on June 12th. Okay, so then you got the pro, I got the promotion, a lot of stuff's happening. I mean, a lot of work is being done because there's so much now, right? And I haven't posted since June 12th. I'm like, you know what? I got I to post for Halloween. I love Halloween. Favorite holiday. I'm like, have I played enough horror games to even do a special? And I'm like, I don't think I did, man. I don't think I did. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm, usually, I review, in the beginning, I reviewed my favorite games. First season. It's five years now, right? It's the first two years, favorite games. I'm like, you know what? That's 62 games, man. Like, how many games, power games can I really play? So then the third season, the third year, I asked some friends to help me with games that they never played, that I never played, that they played. They helped me out. Fourth season, did it again. But I'm like, man, I haven't even spoke to anybody about anything. And I'm not asking somebody now. We're, we're on short notice. I, I feel bad. I'm like, what can I do? So I took my favorite games I've ever played. And I wrote about them. And I posted them up. For the month of Halloween. Were some of them. Copy and paste. 100%. Some of them weren't. Some of them weren't. It depends on the year I did it. In the beginning of the year. I didn't write that much information. You know. I was trying to figure out what the channel was going to be. Not channel. What the. Instagram was going to be where we're going to go, blah, 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 blah. And then I got to the use of writing and I could type them pretty fast and my thoughts and everything. I could do the videos much faster now because, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. So it's like a post doesn't take me as long as it used to. But I'm like, still don't have enough time to do all these posts. So some were copy and paste, some were just re brand new reviews of a game I already reviewed. Um, you know, different, different timeline, different age in my life, whatever point. So I had a really good time. Doing Halloween, I love Halloween. It's my favorite, favorite holiday of all time. Like right under Christmas. No, Christmas fall right under Halloween for me, personally. So you know, again, no particular order. Just my favorite games. Let's just run through it since we didn't. I didn't do a Halloween special. All right, Silent Hill, original, the original game. Love that game. Um, I thought. When it was released, it was released in 1999. I was, math is hard, maybe 20, 1999, that was 10 and 93. Yeah, all right, I was like 7, 18, 16, 18, 19, something like that. I don't know, whatever, you figure it out. Put, put PS1, put the game in. That uh, the intro was weird with the music. I'm like, what am I playing? What the hell's going on? You turn the game on. Oh man, it's dark. It's creepy. They give you this tutorial, so you have to do what they tell you. 
you get attacked by some some wild ass kids with some knives. You wake up in a diner, and here we go, man. I mean, we're taking off from the weird to the unexpected to the strange in this game. I I, I absolutely love this game, right? And I did Lollipop Chainsaw, which is a, a comedic a zombie game. You're playing as like a barely legal high school kid. That is a her family's a secret zombie killing agency. Now you're part of it. I mean, you're doing back with a chainsaw. She's doing cheerleader things with a chainsaw. Her dead boyfriend is stuck. She tied his head up to her waist and a little like a little uh, chain so she can always talk to him, which is hilarious. Some of the stuff she says is outrageous. And, you know, Tara Strong, who did Harley Quinn, voiced her, which is pretty cool. Um, You know, Monster Party. Which I always thought was a great game. Uh, the original game in Japan, I never actually played that one too much later on the emulation. They used a lot of the enemies were copyrighted enemies, like you face Spider-Man and Batman in the game. In the American version, you don't get that. You get some you do get some wild interpretations or parodies of enemies from film and TV shows, whatever. Uh the game is hard. Music, other music was dope. The ending is like, whoa, that's deep for a Nintendo game, man. Then you have Splatterhouse on the arcade. Man, I'll tell you something, bro. I first played that game, I was blown. I was mind blown. I thought it was some kind of Friday the 13th game. I thought I was Jason Voorhees. I don't know. I was Rick. I don't know the story. I would pay attention to the story. I was trying to kill these enemies. Graphics were amazing. It was super bloody. A lot of good times. People do not like. Nightmare on Elm Street on Nintendo. I did because it was the first time that all my friends could play a game together on the Nintendo. It was four players, man. Like I said, I was younger. I used to watch all these horror movies as a kid. <laughs> I was like seven, eight years old watching The Fog and Halloween. Um, that's how it was back then, man. You know, we didn't care. But, uh, you know, like, what do you expect Nintendo or LJN to do with an R-rated horror franchise in a Nintendo game? So, you're kind of like a dream warrior. You turn into certain uh, characters when you get a potion or something. I, I forgot exact details, but you, you can become like a warrior. You throw a javelin, x magic. And then you go to the level, you have to collect Freddy's bones in each level and then deposit them so he comes to life so you can kill him. And you do it multiple times. You know, listen, is it the best game out there? No. But four-player horror game, the first time ever, that's a memory. You got state, state, of, state of Decay on the original Xbox. I played this for hours with my friend Alex. I thought it was so dark and brutal and I'm like, I, I've never played a game like that before. Like, we played so many hours on this game, and it was actually really creepy, man. Like, before Zombie Army, there was State of Decay. I mean, you got creatures coming at you out of nowhere. You hear things. They bust through the doors. You're overloaded. You have to do um, ammo item, uh, saving them and, you know, not picking off our enemies to choose from. And they got real deep, man. I like. I thought it was great, you know? Then we have Infernax, which 
again brings you back to the SNES Sega Genesis era with the style. Very Metroidvania, very based off Castlevania 2 as far as plot and storyline go a little bit. But I mean, the brutality and the violence of the game, the drawing in that style, I just loved it. Now there's a two-player mode. And let me tell you something, man. It is fantastic. It is highly recommended that you try to get that game. Although it was really fun. Um, the story's cool. The levels are, are cool. Um, you know, just the nostalgia that it hits on is was enough for me. Like, I thought it was an amazing game. Fatal Frame. I'm like, who, what game do I want to walk around in and take pictures of ghosts? This is boring. It is not boring. It is excellent. The story gets deeper than that, you know? Um, but it's very Japanese horror. And Japanese horror is, you know, it's very unique, obviously, to the culture, what they believe in. Um, so if you're not really a fan of those type of horror movies, then the game was not going to do it for you. But I think the Japanese horror is, you know, it's it's different. It's not like American horror, where our stories and folklore and all that. They have a lot of wild things over there, man. So their horror movies and games are kind of, it's creepy because you don't know it. You don't understand it like they do. So it kind of freaks me out more than normal. I mean, the whole Fatal Frame franchise is great, but Fatal Frame was was amazing, right? Nightmare Creatures. Oh, my God, man. Before Bloodborne, there was Nightmare Creatures. Is it good now? Oh, man, we're pushing it. We're, we're pushing it. I mean, the game was released in... Oh, I, didn't put the, I didn't put the release date in the game. I don't even know when it was released. I'll tell you when. I'll tell you what, though. It's old. Will it hold up today? I mean, does Sound Hill hold up today? I guess it's your level of nostalgia you want to go back to. Uh, camera work is wild. Angles are wild. You know, it's typical places in old school action game. Um, but I just thought it was. I just thought it was. I thought the creature designs are great. I thought the storyline was great. Um, you know, it was unique. It wasn't like anything I played before. And it will always stand out. You know, the Amnesia franchise. I love them, but I picked Amnesia Rebirth because it was different. Like, the way they created the storylines and the game, how prog- how progressed. And then, you you know, there's even outside levels. There's daytime levels. It's pretty weird to have a horror game in the daytime. But I'm telling you, man, it worked. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Like they 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 brought it back. Then you have the Oregon Trail, which is a parody of the Oregon Trail, which everybody played on little old school Mac and at least he did in the eighties, nineties. It was one of the first video games probably that I played on a computer. I didn't get it. I was young. I didn't know that you had to feed your people. I didn't know you can die from all these wild diseases. I could not hunt the animals. I could not feed my people. I was young and I died. This takes it to a whole other level. You got zombies coming after you in the same exact style as Oregon Trail. You got to shoot. You got to eat. You got to pick who's going to live, who's going to die. Hilarious. I mean, the game is really, really good. Right? Then we have Twisted Metal Black. I love the Twisted Metal franchise. The Twisted Metal Black was my favorite. Obviously, the song, Panda Black by the Rolling Stone plays. 
I love that song. That got me hooked immediately. Uh, the level design, the darkness, the the characters themselves, the storyline of the character when you beat the game, like it's not always roses on the other side, you know what I'm saying? So that was great. Friday the thirteenth on the Nintendo. People hate it. I love it. I beat it. I figured it out. Um, you know, still to this day, you go into a camp. Uh, not a camp. You're in camp. You know, when you go into a cabin to rescue a kid and Jason pops out, it'll still scare the bejesus off you. I don't care who you are. It scares me. She just jumps out of nowhere and the music plays. And then you realize you're fighting a teal color Jason. It is what it is. I mean, Batman was also an odd, weird teal color. That's just Nintendo for you. But again, what did you expect Nintendo to do with an R-rated franchise? Be happy they even allowed that game to exist on Nintendo. I thought you were going to be Jason Voorhees killing teenagers. You cannot murder in a Nintendo game. I mean, that's wild, right? You, I mean, you're technically killing Jason. You're murdering him, but you're defending yourself. You're camp council protecting kids. You know, they got away with it. I thought it was great. I mean, fighting his mom's head in a random, in the optional level to get the sweater. That was also wild. But... They did what they did. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Just an absolute masterpiece. I love Castlevania. Castlevania brought it all for me. Like, that's how I started horror games. I watched all the classics because of Castlevania. The Frankenstein, The Creature from the Black Lagoon, Dracula, all that good stuff. Wolfman. I watched everything because of that game. But Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I mean, they took that bad boy to another level. Absolutely fantastic. Some was at my neighbors. Another classic. I played on the Sega Genesis. My sister Christy, two players. One you know, one player, two player. It's the it's the sequel's Ghoul School, which nobody knows about. Ghoul School's good, not as good as not as good as this. But Zombie at My Neighbors took a lot of parodies from other horror movies and films and story. Folklore, you know, your two players, a lot of action, it's very difficult. But a lot of fun with two players, man. Like this is one of the probably one of the best co-op games you can you can you can have. Like just absolutely wonderful time memories of playing this game. Medieval, I went with the remake because the original is very hard to play. Um, I would recommend you going for the remake if you didn't play it. Is it scary? No, but it's Halloween themed, I guess. I just love playing it around this time or that time of the year. It gets me going. I mean, you know, typical story, simple plot, nothing, there's no frills, no nothing. It's just a straightforward, linear path. Well, there's little things you can collect, but this bit linear path, just go forth, man, you know? Um, love the style of the game, the music, uh, the characters themselves, excellent. Then we got Too Dark. Uh, yeah, this is a, probably like a warning before you play this game. I mean, kids will die in this game. There is a child murderer, and you're a detective trying to free them. And you can hide in the dark with the kids. You can distract the enemy. You can kill the enemies. Uh, there's notes. There's clues. It gets deep, man. It gets pretty deep. And the fact that there's a child killer out there makes the game probably a little bit worse. Uh, but I like it. I thought it was actually creepy, especially what's happening because of the subject matter. So that was wild. Then you have Constant Ground. 
which is another very deep game, another Japanese horror game. They go deep with the story. Each character is each character that is chasing you um, has their own psychological issues with whatever. So, you know, without going into crazy, well, I mean, I don't even know I could talk about it on the show. To be honest, we're PG, man. So I could talk about this at a later date, but this gets real deep. Like, yeah, it gets deep. I just absolutely love the game. I mean, we don't need a sequel. It was good enough. There's some endings you could do, a couple endings, what changes the the game. So it's worth playing through them all because of how unique the game is and how, how deep and twisted it really is. Um, and then you got, I put Fatal Frame 3. Brings it all back to Fatal Frame 1. I thought it was excellent. Great job. The camera obscura is different this time around. The storyline's different, but it all comes back. You appreciate one again after you play three, and it makes you want to play one again, and it makes you want to play two again. I'm telling you, just haven't played the new ones. Really want to. I believe I downloaded them when they were on sale, so they're probably still on the PlayStation, just way down the storage list. I have to find them and, and try to get that going again. Manhunt. I loved Manhunt, okay? I thought Manhunt was absolutely terrific. It was brutal. It was a Rockstar game. A lot of controversy, as usual. Um, depending on what weapon you have and how much you held down the stealth kill button is what the animation death will be. They were all brutal. I mean, brutal, brutal, brutal. The only reason why they probably release this game is because you're not killing regular people. Killing gangsters, gangbangers, you know, gang members. Um, because oh, man, it's uh, it's up there, you know. It also deals with like snuff film, which is another controversy all on its own, and then the gameplay and all the other stuff. So I personally like it. I know there's a lot of issues with it, but I thought it was a fantastic game. Camp Sunshine, another. Zelda 90, you know, uh, link, link to the Past type of style game. Uh, very, very Friday the 13th inspired. You put a bear trying to kill you. It's great. Um, I just really love the level design. The story was good. The graphics were good. It, it helped me in. It, it, you know, it's not on console. I played it on uh, my friend's computer. I don't even know what he had downloaded on. I don't know computer things. So I don't know what it was on. But I I play with a controller. He played with a keyboard. I, I can't do that. But I loved it. Highly recommend it. Blasphemous. If you wanted Blood uh Dark Souls in Castlevania, here you go. It's bloody. The boss battles are terrific. Um, the back and forth, getting the items, it's not tedious. It's all well planned out. Um, the storyline is very unique. It's also, I mean, I played it in Spanish because that's what the game is. It's supposedly set somewhere in Spain with the king. And I, I thought it was great, man. Like, this part two came out. I bought it. Am I playing it yet? No, again, backlog. But Blasphemous, highly recommend. Alien Isolation. It's just brilliant how they connected the movie with the game movie-based games we all know there's issues to them are they getting better yes this one nailed it 
this was creepy. Okay, when the xenomorph is running after you and you think you're hiding and you think he ain't going to see you, there he is. Absolutely terrifying. My heart was pounding hiding from this, this man. Okay? Uh, killing machine. Straight up killing machine. Just excellent. Visage, which I love. Again, very deep. There's um, darker issues in the game that happen. Um, probably can talk about on the show. But if you want to, another day I will. I thought it was really well done. Definitely inspired by PT. At that point in time, I think everything was trying to be the next PT because it was such a great demo. Um, you know, recommended. It's dark. It's deep. If you like those dark, deep games, this is for you. Uh, Zombie Army Trilogy. We played, me and my boy Marlon played all the sniper games in reverse order. We did 4-3. We did Zombie Army 4. We did Zombie Army Trilogy and Sniper 3 and 2. No, 2. Why? Don't know. But we saw how it progressed and changed. Zombie Army 4 is really good, but it feels very arcade-like. Zombie Army Trilogy is probably a little bit more terrifying. So what they did was, the DLCs for the zombie games for Sniper Elite, they added them in one game. And then they created a third part to finalize it, called a trilogy. I think they're really well done. The both enemies are great. Playing with two players is a blast. Um, I think there's more than I think it's four players. I'm almost positive it's four players. Uh, definitely two though. I played the whole game. My boy Marlon, we had a great time killing zombies. I mean, who doesn't want to kill zombies? I mean, is it is the genre exhausting and and tiresome? Can we do something else? Yes. But is it easy to come back to and safe? Of course, it's safe. It's a zombies. I mean, hello. All right. Dead Space. Not the, re- not the remake, the original. I love Dead Space. It took me back to alien times. You're on a spaceship. You're by yourself. You're alone. There's tight corridors. The enemies are uh, very aggressive. You're basically like dismemberment is you have to dismember them. You have a laser gun, laser pistol. I mean, you're blowing off limbs. It is wild. The ending of the game, which is the famous story now, I had a nice cup of coffee. I make a big coffee, man. I don't know what size it is, but on my coffee cup, my maker, I have a ninja. I put on extra large. It fills up. I put some sugar and milk in there. It's piping. Yeah. I'm watching the game. I beat the game. Taking some sips of my coffee. Something happened. I spilled the coffee. My lip, my chin was on fire. My chest hairs were gone and singed off because the coffee burned me to no end because I was got so scared with jump scare. Besides being jump scared, which has not happened to me very often lately, I love this game. Thought it was really, really well done. The suffering, that game's a little underrated. Um... I watched a documentary on the game set in the Eastern State Penitentiary. I mean, now it's a museum. They do Halloween tours. I don't know when that started, but at the time of this game, I don't think they did that. I think you could go visit the prison. Uh, it's a real prison, by the way. I mean, you can go visit it, but I don't think they had those cash grab things, you know? It it, it kind of takes away from, well, if it really is haunted, why are you doing an event here? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just me. But the game is based on all hell breaks loose. Um, 
according to the game, you killed your wife and kids in a rage, you're in jail for prison. You're not coming out. Hell breaks loose. We're playing as the character. And there is certain points of the game where you have to make a decision. And based on how many of those decisions you make is what ending you'll get. So, I mean, technically, you can use the story that you're innocent. Or you could use the story that, no, I'm a murderer. I kill my kids. Controversial endings, for sure. But you do you, boo. Um, Silent Hill 3. I love Silent Hill 3, man. I thought it was dark and twisted. I like that it comes back to the original game um, with the occult, all the other stuff. Um, probably the last really good Silent Hill game. People don't like The Room. I like The Room. That was interesting. Is it a Silent Hill game, though? Mm, debatable. But Silent Hill 3 was, was, was excellent. Right? Then I put PT down. Even though it's only a demo, I was terrified. I was never thought of being making right turns would scare me so much, but it, it did. Um, really well done. Was hoping something would come at it, but it didn't. It's not delisted. There's a whole, you know, it's old. It's over. It's if you don't have a download on your PS4, you're not getting it back. It is what it is. Then I picked Resident Evil 2 because when I first played this game. I played two before one. No, that's the wrong order. I played them in order. I played Resident Evil, but it was great. Slow tank controls made me nervous. Um, the museum, not the museum, the mansion was great. Uh, the plot line, uh, finding the keys, you got the doors, and unlocking the story with the enemies. And the enemies got harder as you progress with the game. Was really, really, really well done. But when I played Resident Evil two. Oh my God, the music, um, the music in the saving room is classic. I mean, I can, oh my God, if I can get a soundtrack for this thing on like an album, like a record player and play this, man, this music was just so well done. The story was so well done. You, each character has their own, um, each character means up in the game, but how you get there is different, which I think is unique. Um, you get to other access areas faster than others, depending on who you are. There's so many secrets and things you can miss out on. Uh, it's really like search everything type of game. Zombies are great. Like my personal favorite Resident Evil of all time. I thought it was amazing. I have the remake. Never played it. Probably should. If you want to, if you know, if you want to do Resident Evil and talk Resident Evil, Mickey from the Discord. I mean, he's your guy. Like. He's doing it all, Resident Evil. I just love this game of the trilogy. My personal favorite. Then I picked Silent Hill 2, which is my favorite Silent Hill game because of the deep psychological issues that your character Harry's facing and all the enemies and everything is designed based off him. There's, there's guilt, there's remorse, there's sadness, there's a whole bunch of stuff. You could break down Silent Hill too in a, just a, just one podcast on, on its own. That's how deep you can actually get with this game, right? Like again, Japanese horror is just really, really well done. Um, you know that I picked last but not least, Resident Evil original. Like I said before, I thought it was amazing. 
when I went to the mansion, I watched the whole story. I watched the whole story mode. I mean, I thought the acting was uh, ass, uh, to be honest. When I was young, um, like these are these are these are actors. I don't I don't know if they're even English actors. I think they were just some kind of European actors. They couldn't afford a budget. They got something. They filmed it. It's cheesy, but it's it sets the tone. It I mean, not the tone. It it's just nostalgic now. Like you watch that, and you just you it just uppercuts you in the jaw of nostalgia. And when you put the game on. Again, the music, the atmosphere, there's talking, you're stuck in this mansion, what's going on? There's some crazy dogs outside trying to eat you. You hear a scream, you go to it, you go see this guy on the floor eating someone. Just the graphics of what they achieved and the head turn and the eyeball and the zombie. I mean, that was amazing, dude. I ran from the zombie. Now I kill him, but I ran when I first played it. I absolutely took off. Walking and exploring the museum and the jump scares and the waiting for the doors to open. Everything was done intentional. Yes, you have to load the screen, but they had a really unique load screen that I thought was great. It really brought the, it really gave you the, made you nervous, basically, opening a door. Because you don't know what to expect on the other side. Especially for areas you've already been through and you try to traverse them to go back and now you found something you can't. But you got to go back to proceed and a new era enemy pops up. It's, it really takes you out. Like, oh, my God, this guy was here before. You know, like really well done. The camera angles were great. The take controls work. They made the take controls work for you based on how they developed the game. And I think that is genius, right? So that was all my Halloween. I did the surgery where I've been, what I've been playing, all the other crazy stuff that's been happening to me. Um, but you know what? I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Um, you know, I, I'm always part. Of, I'm always a part of the show. I love doing the show. Is it hard for me to get up? Yes. When I get the surgery, I think I'll be back to normal. I'm an early bird, man. My whole life, I get up every day five five thirty in the morning. I go to bed late. If I need to take a nap, I take a nap. I don't care. That's my how it always been. So re- recording was never a problem. I was doing. I was banging them out until this started happening. Started getting tired. I tried to go to bed earlier. I didn't have the energy to wake up. It's, you know, but it is what it is. Um, I know I'm going to get better now, so I'll be back on the show more often. Um, I do want to record more. I'm going to try to, I'm really going to do this once a week thing, once the surgery happens, update everybody. Um, I always have a good time doing the show, man. I think it's great. I love recording it. I love talking about the games I'm playing, my experience with them, and sharing them with you guys. So I'm really happy about that. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, I was mumbling for a while. I have spoke more probably my longest podcast. I think I did for the show and that's fine. It doesn't matter if it was another hour. I could do it. I could do it, but nature calls and I'm not going to pause because I'm not going to remember what I did. So everything else I have to say, I'll say another episode. I just wanted to give you guys an update. And as always, um, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for the, the text messages and everything else I've got from all, you know, my friends, my family, uh, people from the Discord, people people who follow me, who listen to the show, um, have reached out to me, which I think is fantastic through my Instagram. So, you know, thank you for, for asking how I am and everything. Um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I know that I know what I have to do now. So I'm getting better. Uh, the weight loss will be good. I'll be definitely handsome Rob again. I'm chubby Rob. Chubby Rob 17, because I'm not even seven. I'm Chubby Rob 17. Um, 
But that's that, man. You know, Thanksgiving's around the corner for us in America. Might do a little Thanksgiving episode. That'd be nice. Hopefully record with the guys again soon. Um, but I wanted to share that with you all and um, you know, listen. Have a good day. Have a good night. Have a good morning. And I'll see you on the flip side. Peace.